Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health and physical health awareness in men, women and society. First it started with MAN, the acronym M-A-N for Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. Can you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Catherine McIntyre, the author from Bunkard, Massachusetts. Hello, and where is, can I say that word, Massachusetts? Yeah, Massachusetts. Can I say Massachusetts? Yeah, got it. Yeah, on the East Coast. Where is Massachusetts for for the listeners? Oh, in the United States, on the East Coast. On the East Coast. I don't know. New York. Yeah, and, and what is, what, if anything, is Massachusetts famous for? Is it famous for anything? Are you... Oh, this is where they, you know, started the Revolutionary War. And, uh, you know, it's famous for the Tea Party in Boston and, you know, all that history. It's all very United States history. All right. Are you, are you, are you from Massachusetts? Are you, are you living there? Is that where you brought it? I'm in the Midwest originally. I grew up around Detroit, Michigan, and uh, came out here about 30 plus years ago now, just kind of drawn to the area and, you know, always feeling that it was my whole, you know, that was where my soul belonged. And I found that to be true from the minute I arrived. So that was quite a while ago. So now I just feel like I'm from here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny when people, when people from America say, I came out here. Because it always, cause, and then you realise that America is so big that you know, yeah. from one place. Because they, they do, they say they may they may say, oh, I came from one person's place, and I say I came out here, and it sounds like they've yeah. come from one country to another. But it's America's that big, you know. Um, yeah, I've, I've been there, I've it's, been to New York, yeah. and it's massive. Um, yeah, it's I mean, very big. Yeah. It's a, I'm about eight hundred miles away from where I grew up. Oh, gosh, see. So you made this massive jump, and it, and it looks like you're going from one country to another. And yeah, it's, yeah. I've been to yeah. work and it's and the, the streets are wide and the, the trucks are wide. So it's a it's a very big place. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about um, um, you or your, your thoughts on what you do and and just you know let the listeners know. Talk about some of the things that you've been through and, and your your thoughts on health and mental health and things like that. Okay. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. I like to say I'm a natural writer and that, you know, I, I was writing from the time I was a little kid as soon as I had the words, I was beginning to write down stories and, and you know, it was just with me for a really long time. The other thing that was with me was this um, psychic awareness. So I call myself a natural psychic, meaning it just was a part of me. That's how I grew up. I was a very psychic kid. I just knew things and was aware of a spiritual dimension to things my whole life. Um, so I didn't go to train to be a psychic. That's why I use the word natural. That just means to me that I, you know, I didn't go seeking the stuff. I mean, it was just a part of me innately. And so my challenge uh, from a psychological mental standpoint was that I grew up in a family that was, I was the youngest of four kids and my mother, who I believe really had her own psychic abilities, this is where my gifts had come through, Um, but she learned to deny them herself when she was quite young. So she taught me to deny them too. So when I'd be like, I can see, you know, X, Y, Z, or, you know, I knew such and such was gonna happen. She would just brush it off. And it was like, oh, you're dreaming. You know, go play with your dolls, you know, shoo away. And it created a dynamic for me that was very uh, much challenging my reality. So I spent a good deal of my life just having my reality challenged yeah. and then yeah. just sort through what that meant. You know, so it makes, makes for very um, lack of self-confidence. You know, you don't trust yourself. You don't, you know, are always thinking, I must be making this up. And, um, you know, that was a part of my evolution as I, as I became an adult. and went into those years because as I'm doing that to myself, I'm still having these experiences. And they included pretty much the gamut of what you hear about in the paranormal world. Yeah. I I was um I, you know, was very psychically aware, but I 
Uh, so I had seen people after they died. I've, I have had alien experiences. You know, I've seen the little gray aliens that they talk about, all the little grays, seen those, um, had that experience. I've, I've, uh, I, I don't know, pretty much the gamut. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, coming to terms with that and beginning to understand at a certain point that that was real. And so in terms of the alien experience, there was one experience as a child that I knew that was real. It didn't matter how many times my mother told me I was dreaming. I knew I was not dreaming. And it took me until my 30s when I finally was ready to deal with that. And when I did, I used to say it created like a crack in my psyche. It was such a profound switch when I knew in a real way, boy, that happened to me. And the ramifications of knowing that was real, that would really change my life. Yeah. So... Do you did you know that you, you're saying that you used used to say things to your mum? Did you did you um, when you were young? Did you know there was such thing as a psychic ability, or was it something that you you look back now retro, retro in it, or later on in your life you look back and think, oh, I did have that, you know, I had yeah. this ability. Was it something that like you knew instant, you know, at the time? that this was a psychic ability or was it something that came about later as you started to realize and grow? I started realizing it because as I got older as a child, you know, it's like now I'm like maybe into my teens, I'm in school and I'm in the library. I remember being in the library in school and starting to find books that were written about ESP and seeing ghosts and, you know, this kind of stuff and starting to read these books. And as I'd read them, I'd realize that's me. You know, yeah, I have yeah. that. Yeah. I've done that. You know, and that's where I began to get my validation that these things are real. I like to talk a lot about how, um, I don't know if, where you are, if you hear coast to coast AM on the radio at night, they're, they're, it's at night for us. Um, and it, it's a show that was started by a man named Art Bell, you know, back in the 90s, um, and where they just began to discuss those kind of paranormal topics all the time on the radio. And it, grew and grew and now it's just it's a huge broadcast and you can pick it up online all over the world and and uh, and they have all kinds of guests that just talk about things that I've experienced my whole life and it's so wonderful but at the time that that show was first coming on and getting big it was providing so much validation I think for people like me that were living that reality but not being able to talk about it and I mean this is back in like the 80s and 90s where you didn't put the TV on and and at least in the United States, you know, we there's a paranormal show on every minute here. I mean, there's like 10 channels on cable at any given time yeah. are dealing with ghosts or aliens or whatever. And that certainly wasn't the case back then. So that was another way where I was finding more and more validation was through listening to Arbel. And it was around that time that I got inspired to really look into that one incident. And I uh, joined a group called MUFON, which is a mutual UFO network. and. Um, and met a lot of people who'd had the same experience and that, you know, that was sort of the beginning of me really realizing that, you know, hey, that was real. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for life in general? That yeah. there are these things. Yeah. So, as a, because I was, I was trying to keep on this thing to do with you being a child, um, because <laughs> one of the, one of the things I've, I've, I picked up um, from somebody, I don't know if it's a similar thing, but, you know, psychic ability and, and you know, almost like um, clairvoyancy in a sense, where they 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 said to me that the, 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 their child used to walk and used to say things like um, to the mum, why has that person got green around them? And mm-hmm. what the mum was saying it was an aura. Um, why have they got this haze of green around them and obviously as a child it's it's innocence that's seen as innocence is that mm-hmm. something similar to what you found um as a child yeah or not? i would have a lot of um precognizant stuff where um i would know something was going to happen and um and i didn't always i didn't always vocalize is it so i would just have these thoughts would be going through and then the thing would happen and I'd run up to my mother and I'd be, I knew that was going to happen. I, I mean, I saw x ray or whatever. Um, and, uh, and I did know. And it, it, 
that was a little just confusing for me. Like, how could I have known that ahead of time? I was doing more things like that. I do remember I used to be able to see some some aspects of auras around people on that. I don't know if I do that so much anymore. Maybe I should think about that. But, um, but yeah, it was all kinds of things. It was, you know, dreams and I could hear things. Like I would pick up, I'm very clairvoyant. So I would pick up on things. I think, you know, I was picking up things from spirit and, uh, and I would try to tell her about that. And, you know, that was, I think, particularly freakish for her. So she just pushed me away. Um, and I mean, I don't blame her necessarily for being, you know, afraid or reluctant, but it's just very difficult for the child when the reality is not being validated. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, like I say, the, 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 the lady I was speaking about her, because her daughter was growing up she cause, and I think because she had she she says it ran in her family um, so her mum so lady's mum had it that lady had yeah. it um, and apparently the, 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 the lady's mum was one of the you know one of the, was one of the top kind of clairvoyants in in in, in the UK or whatever world in sense used yeah. to have you know seminars together but she, she had the gift, and then the daughter passed on to the daughter. And so you, you, you say that your mum had had it. And do you think it was? Yeah. Do you think it was for your mum's time? Do you think it was more? I don't know if she spoke about. It, was it more difficult for her to to kind of speak about it than it than it was for you in your time? I, probably, yeah. I would think it was very difficult. I've been told not only did she have it, but that her mother had it and her mother's mother and all the way back. And it was interesting because when I was told that one day I, I had a quick vision of all of them just kind of lining up and looking towards me. And they said, we were not able to speak of it in our time. And we, you know, now you are, it was sort of like you're speaking for all of us. And that was quite an amazing moment when I had that come in. It's like, wow, okay. And my mother, incidentally, was born in the UK, so I'm talking about all this, that history back into, yeah, that's you know, decade. So your, so when was your first, if you can remember it, when was your, when was your first, okay, when was the first knowing, the first time you knew that, um, or this thing happened to you that you know whatever it was that happened to you at that time, when was the first? That incident, I was probably seven or eight, something like that. But I mean, I remember things going back much younger. I had a, I have older sisters and they'll joke about, I used to have uh, invisible friends. Like I, I would give them their names and you know, like, and I just think I was just seeing spirits around us. And they, they, they laugh at me and think it was so funny that their little sister had invisible friends. Well, <laughs> like just because they couldn't see them didn't mean they weren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Kind of a fun. So I think I was doing it really young, you know, so. And were you a child that, because um, I'm, I'm going to go into this, was you a child that vocalised it to, was it just you and your mum or did you vocalise it to, you say your sisters, but did you vocalise it to, was it, would there be an instance where you would, uh, let me say, you'd see something or something would happen and you, you know, go run to, I don't know, anybody on the street or your friends or what, or would you just, would you be that type of person that kind of thought, I better keep this to myself? I think it was a keep it to yourself kind of thing for a long time. It was around my sisters and brother because they would just laugh at me. So I just learned to be quiet about it. Um, I got where, as I got older, my dad expressed an interest in UFOs and, and that kind of thing. So we we would buy him books and, you know, it, was, it became a thing, you know, we knew he was interested, so that was something we could get for him. And so he read a lot of books and we would sit up and talk about it in a general way. Years later, when I tried to say to him, I think I had those kind of experiences that they're writing about in those books, he got very uneasy about it and didn't want to talk about it at all. And and I think he had some of those experiences as well, but he just was never ready to talk about it. So, you know, it, it's interesting yeah. um, how it, I think it appears in families sometimes too, just like psychic stuff, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I think that one of the reason why I was asking that about your your, your childhood is because I'm, you know because quite often you know you can you can hold that in. It becomes something you hold in, and and like you say earlier, you you start to question yourself. You start to think, oh, yeah. is, it, is it me? You know, you can go to the point where am I am I crazy? Am I you know what's happening yeah. to me? And and you know, am I going mad? How can you know? How can I control this happening? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to presume that obviously, when you're having these thoughts, it's not something that you. It just happens at that moment in time, and you know it just comes into your head, and it's just wow, where did that thought come from? So, yeah. Um, and that's why I was going to ask if you was ever bullied or bullied for it. But obviously, you 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 said you kept it under wraps. Um, so you know, into your did. Did you get, did you start to get more and more into your teens, more and more um, thoughts into your teens and, and sightings into your teen, teens? Or was it just, was it all kind of collated at a younger age? No, it just, it's been an evolution my whole life. Um, I think it, as I got into my teens, I mean, I was having a normal life. I was out with my friends, we were doing things, you know. Yeah. But then I would just, just be in my own world having an awareness but I began to really throw myself into my writing and that sort of allowed me a place to go where I could sort of express what I had experienced in that but you know putting it in my stories and, and things like that so um, I don't know it's just been an evolution of of having the experiences learning that they were real um, coming to terms with that and then working to get over that sense that, yeah, I'm crazy. Because I really felt that I might be for a long time. I mean, it, it seemed silly, but that was like the, the tape that kept playing in my head was sort of my mother going, oh, you're crazy, go play with, play with your dolls, whatever. Um, and it would play, that went on for years. It, it took me really until this last experience that I wrote about when I connected to the spirit of Henry David Thoreau, great author in America. Um, and had that experience and part of the experience for me was really coming to terms with a lifetime of this awareness and abilities and finally accepting that you know wow this is real this has all been real all along and I'm ready to talk about it so um but that switch I mean as much as I it's like oh yeah then one day I woke up it took a long time to get to that place mentally emotionally whatever reach a point where I could be confident enough to say, you know, hey. Yeah. So do you do you see that there's a when you came to turn with, do you see that we're do you see that we're all in a sense you know, humans as humans, spiritual beings, um, can we all is it is it is it a gift given to you know um, giving to certain people or we all got that ability but some of some of us are more in tune with it than others what what is it what do you what do you how do you feel about that what do you think it is i think everyone has the aptitude for the abilities um it's just to greater or lesser degrees i would think that's determined on individual um where they are individually, what the purpose of that life is, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of a distraction, you know, from from the plan in a sense, you know, depending on what your plan is, but it gets a little distracting when you can't shut it off. So I um, I do try to shut it off, but, but it's a, um, I mean, we are spiritual beings and um, there is a spiritual realm and there is that reality. So when you're tapped into it, um, I think two things. One, it's, it is kind of a distraction in, the, in a negative sense. But in another sense, what I think I wanted to talk about today is, is that for me it was a real awakening when I, it really hit me hard that, um, you know, we don't die. And that this is just one expression of, of the soul that you are. You know, this one life you're living is just one expression of you. It's like one chapter in a, in a, in a book of many chapters. And there'll be others. And so that, that became a very important thing for me to acknowledge and understand. And that, that was a real turning point. Because I think for me, 
when you begin to recognize yourself as this ever-evolving spirit, you begin to forgive yourself for a lot of things that aren't perfect in your world. And then you also get really excited because you know this isn't all there is. And there's so much more. And that it's so important what we're doing, that everything we do is important and matters. And when you make that switch, I think you light up, you sort of, you know, they say the term enlightened, like you light up yourself in a new way and energize differently. And I mean, everything changes. I, I, I felt for me like everything began to fall into place. And then I, I was able to more easily sidestep my own drama, but my own um, sometimes depressive modes or, you know, feeling down about life or, you know, whatever patterns I would get into that once I had that revelation and realized really how important I was as part of that divine spark, you know, of uh, the God force, however we term it, um, it changed everything. I think that was really important for my own mental health. Yeah. So you, you, so you would say that we're, we're, we are all, and you know, you, we are all, we're all spiritual beings, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's about, in a sense, finding, not, not finding, finding who you are, or knowing you who you are, and coming to terms with, coming to terms with that, or coming to terms with what the things that we do. I mean. If you can explain that a bit more. I think for me, I mean, it's it's an awakening to the reality that we are, we are forever. I, I wrote something on my website when I first uh, was, you know, involved in the channeling with Cicero and, um, and then putting up a website and promoting my first book. Um, and let me just read this because it's really quite beautiful and I think it says something important here, but... I, I just wrote one day, it says, I believe that if you pause for five minutes each day, close your eyes and allow yourself to look within, you will find your truest self. And it is in that recognition that you will find your greatest joy. Open your hearts and minds to the possibilities because that spirit within you is the you that will never end. Your life is yesterday, today, and every tomorrow. All who ever were, still are, and always will be. I just feel like if I never write another word, then that is a very important statement yeah, to, to remember and very powerful because it's true. And that that's what I have come to find. It's like, yeah, I've talked to people after they died. So I know consciousness survives death. You know, I know we go on. And when they come to me from that side, so funny, my mother came back she had died an old old woman and uh old, you know kind of frustrated and sad old woman and she came back to me manifesting the young woman she used to be with the auburn hair and you know sort of beautiful woman and said go and dance go dye your hair have fun play you know because she realized that the lives that we're leading are what Thoreau calls and, and many call it it's like a play it's like we're playing we're characters in our own play and when the play is over we go on and we go on and we write another play and we and we come back and we act that one out and so the freedom with that revelation to me is enormous and the the lessening of grief in that revelation is enormous because we do lose people from our lives all the time and it's sad and and it's so difficult and there's nothing that's going to replace that person in the physical world but that person's never going to leave you and you're never going to leave them and when this life is over for you i really like i have a something in my book where i say that you, know, you just stand up brush off and go on to the next one and you know there is a sense you know you get reunited again or you begin to understand where they were and where you now are. I mean, we just go on. So it, it's a, to me, that awakening, that reality, 
changes everything. Yeah. It so, changes the world. so when you when you when we when you what you just mentioned there about death and people dying, would you say that mm-hmm. that part helps that the grieving process can help with the grieving process? Well, it has helped me. I would think it, it would help out. You know, helps everyone to know that they they will see their their loved one again. You know, they they don't go far. And I mean, I I have. I maintain relationships in a sense with with some of the people who passed out of my life because I am able to access them and as much as need be. I mean, they're, you know, it's not in an unhealthy way. It's just that I am able to uh, continue to communicate to them because I know they hear me. And, you know, I don't hear every sing, single thing, I'm sure. But when there's something that I need to know, I I can hear it. So I know they're out there, and just that knowing, um, I think it's, it, it heals. It, you know, it heals you. It moves you past that initial grief because you know that, like, you know, maybe they stepped out of the play at Act Two, but you know, when you get to Act Five and it's your time to go, you'll see them again. You know, because at the end of the play, there's always a curtain call. Everybody comes up. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, um, um, that's 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 um, that's that's thoughtful as well because um, I remember I remember I remember going to see somebody and they'd said to me that you know you know I didn't mention anything about me and I'd said that um, and then the person said oh you you you're a twin <laughs> so I, yeah I didn't I didn't say yes I just I just didn't say anything. And mm-hmm. and they said that your your twins here with you, is here yeah. is here right now. Um, yeah. And he said, "Don't worry about your knee. Your knee's fine because I, you know, my knee was. I don't have a great knee." And he said, yeah. oh, your, "Your knee's fine. You, um, I'm, you know, I'll look after you, you. You'll be fine. I'm looking after you." I thought, "Look at that," <laughs> you know. Um, and it's kind of good with what you're saying that they're never far away. They're never far away, especially those you're, you know, you're really close to. They're always around, and they they always see what you're doing. And I mean, that's to me, that's the part where you can free up a little bit um, from from the grief and that. When my father was a boy, he had a younger brother who died, literally, like in his arms, and it was tr- tragic and awful for him. And when my father passed as an old man in his 80s, and I had um, what I had like a let's just say I had like an insight into it, but I could see him passing. One of the things I saw was that brother coming to him, and the realization that that brother had never left his side; that he had actually been with my father throughout the, that life. That, that even though that that soul didn't get to live that life. He lived it through my father's life. And so he'd been there the whole time. This brother that he thought, my bad, you know, dad thought he had lost when they were young kids um, was actually there the whole time. And so that was, that was again, a revelation. Like, wow, okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, because so. yeah, you, you spoke about coming through the times where it's almost like it's a realization of the times where you, um, you said you sometimes you were down or depressed, depressed or whether, and then it was almost like a moment where you started to realize all these things. Maybe maybe through books or maybe through the things that you were reading and things that you were starting to learn about. Um, it was almost like <laughs> a realization of right. This is this is me. This is and this could be anybody. This yeah. is me. This is what can. This is what's happening. Let's look into it a bit more, and mm-hmm. maybe I, I'm kind of I'm finding myself. Is would you say that was you know like it's almost like a moment where you go oh I'm, I'm this is me and this is I've got to accept this now. Yeah. How do I go about how do I go about finding the answers to the maybe these questions that I've been asking myself and kind of almost I don't know some people say tortured himself for years. Would you, would you, yeah, how, would you um, how would you put that? How would you say that? Was that true? 
I think um, part of it for me too is this, is the revelation is that we are meant to be who we are. I mean, you can spend a lifetime, you know, feeling guilty that you didn't become the thing, say, your parent wanted you to be, or, or that you're, you know, you feel you're not living up to somebody else's expectation. But really, if you have a drive to do a certain thing, you have that for a reason, and and that's what you should be doing. So, I, I think again in this sort of awakening to that we are each individual evolving spirit and all that. We each have our own individual purposes as well, and I, I think that the more you free yourself up by knowing that hey, that is who I am, and that's who I'm meant to be. And even if that person doesn't understand why you are that, it doesn't matter. You, know, you have to be true to what you know to be true about yourself. And that's, again, a very, um, that's kind of a Barovian notion, getting back to Henry David Thoreau, um, is that he believed in direct connection to the divine. And you do that through going within. So you go to that peaceful place within you, which is, you know, I think what all the the meditation and the yogas and you know all that are all about is reaching that divine silence within you and through that you intuit knowledge from source from God from from the divine spirit and that is what feeds you and so it's all about getting to that place and when you get to that place and you really then recognize yourself as this evolving spirit and you see your own gifts and talents and what those are and you realize you have those for a reason, then it is up to you to follow that course that's there for you and that is divinely guided. And there's your fulfillment. You know, now you're you. Now you're here doing what you're meant to do. And that is so profoundly freeing. You know, that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and what's 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 um that for that reasoning would you put that with what we become so for instance in a sense you know someone let's just say someone started out as being a uh let's you can put two falsehoods let's say someone starts out as being a a american footballer then they get an injury and they turn to something else or they do you do you, is that is that what you that's the path do you think that's the path of that person um what we are on yeah 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 i mean i think you know i sometimes would look at a situation like that and and say you know well you know was that accident an accident i mean that you know in, in injured that person and took him out of his football game and now he's over here helping you know handicapped children or something um, maybe that was the original goal was to get him over there to do that and he had to go through the injury in himself to get him to the place where he could do that i don't i don't know the answers to this yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm just wondering i'm just i'm just interested because because of because of, we're I, talking about spirituality and path and like you said that, that's yeah. interesting what you said that, that how that could be that could be where it um where I, it takes him yeah I think that that is the case, and that many, many times it it happens that way to get the person where they're supposed to be. And I think if you talk to that person later in his life, he would say he would never change things because of all the good he's been able to do that he would never have done if he had just been able to go off in any other direction. And so I do think we we get thrown off what we think is going to be our path in order to find our path sometimes but it's tricky. I mean, I didn't, I, I certainly don't have the life right now that I thought I was going to have when I started off here 30 years ago. Yeah. But there, I've had many experiences that I'm very grateful for that I would never have had had I had, you know, been able to have the original idea. So we just do the best we can. But I think that the um, revelation in this as well is that when you meet other people, it's like not only do we not want to be told by other people what our path should be, you don't want to tell other people what you think their path should be. And so when there's a real awakening, you you free up and you begin to recognize other people as divinely inspired, you know, ever-evolving, we hope, uh, individuals, and you allow them the freedom to find their way. 
and you know that's what ought to be happening <laughs> yeah um yeah. in the world yeah. yeah so if you don't mind me asking what what has has your life been like in terms of um you know love and finding love and and because obviously that's part of the spirit well, spiritual side of things because um it's probably one of the most important you know love and love is another, another person what's that been like for you in terms of the, 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 your your you being able to um you know be the person that you are um wow no one's ever asked me that uh well I don't know, I think when you have a special gift or awareness or whatever, and it, it takes you off the, you know, sort of beaten path, um, it makes it very difficult for you to find a match, let's say, yeah. find somebody that you can cohabitate with. But I've always been quite the loner. So I would say I've had several um, very important um soul-inspired, loving connections along the way, but I never married. And I never married because um, I felt it would, in, you know, sort of hinder my path, honestly, and, and didn't have the desire for children for the same reasons. But again, you know, these are, this is like one of my expressions. So in this expression, I don't have children, but I bet you I've had others where I had many, you know, so I, I really do believe we have many lives. So I don't, um, regret you know that or I uh, you know wish I'd lived a different life I think I have quite an interesting life yeah. as it is yeah. and, um, the reason, and the reason why I asked that was exactly what you just said about the children the reason why I asked is because I thought to myself um, would do because your parents had it had this gift had yeah. a gift not this gift had a gift yeah do you feel that it's kind of stopped with you or what you know or, or is that the way in a sense is that the way it's meant to be or um i don't know i don't i don't know maybe i i have a niece who i think she has some some ability so maybe it's it's gonna pass that way yeah. or maybe it just kind of terminates here yeah. in terms of the line yeah, um just, just wondering how you how, how what your take on that was and, and your thoughts and, you know, if you ever yeah. thought about that, um, I don't know. It's interesting. It, like I said, I think my niece maybe would would be the one to carry it on, yeah. but um, I don't really know. And again, I mean, this is a this is the end of this course, but we live on, yeah. and so the you know talents that we have or whatever they're going to manifest in other ways, yeah. in other lives, so- and. You spoke. I mean, I spoke to somebody the other week about, and and I've been. Um, prior, it's funny and interesting that because prior to that, I'd watched a, quite a few documentaries on the soul, and what you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, and there was um, it was interesting in, in sense that they they was talking about the soul being. We 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 all have soul, you know. You know, you know I'm not talking about James Brown, and you know, we, you know. And it probably, probably I am. You know, we, you know, we've got soul, um, but in a sense, that that's, that that it's almost like a conscious thing or subconscious thing that, that exists within us. Um, what what's your thoughts on 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 that the conscious being and, and soul? Um, I, I mean, I know we live on, and. I mean, I know I don't know specifically what you mean, but um, I, I believe in in God, in the divine force that, that is all that you know feeds all of us. Yeah. Um, and that that force goes on, and that consciousness continues. I mean, I interact with with people who have been in my life who have passed on, and they've come back to me again and again, and either directly to me or through other psychics that I go to for you know it's sometimes it's hard to read yourself kind of thing yeah. and i like to with others and i'll get very very specific information that there's no way anyone would know but me and that person so 
you know, it's just been validated for me so many times. And then yeah. I've actually seen people who I didn't know had passed, you know, who came to me because I sort of let me know. Um, but before I learned in any other way that they had passed, I was seeing them. So, I, you know, I, I, I mean, that tells me we go on and uh, and I believe we do. So, yeah. um, so that's what I mean. You know, I just think that, that we... Um, continue to exist in, in a place we don't quite fully understand from this perspective, but that we recognize the minute we return to it. Yeah. This is our true home. Do you find that, do you find that um, you as a person, your, as a, for you, um, obviously I don't know if you know about the other psychics, do, have, have you found that um, you've been able to Deal with deal with it a lot better than you would do if you are much younger, as you got older. Have you dealt with it much better as you got older? Have I dealt with the gift or the, yeah. the awareness? Stuff? Yeah, the awareness yeah, I deal with now than I did then. I think as we get older too, we care less what people think, yeah. <laughs> or you know, just people's attitudes and that. So uh, yeah, I've gotten a lot more into it. But you know, when I the transition for me of, of accepting it all was during the the channeling episode in my book, The Thora Whisper. Um, I was living in Concord, and and I was, you know, the first book I wrote about living. It's in Concord, Massachusetts, and it's a very historic town in American history, and it was the home of uh, Ralph Emerson, Henry David Thora. These are, you know, great American authors, and they all live in the town at the same time. It's just a very historic place. Um, and I was there kind of bumbling around, having my psychic impressions of the past and, yeah. and still really to come to terms with myself as this woman who had this ability. I am, um, at the end of that book, I, the book ended up being um, a memoir with a fictional story where the writers from the past are characters in the present day. And at the end of the book, I have myself up on Author's Ridge where their graves are, and I'm kind of playfully trying to connect with them psychically. And then I say, you know, in the next book, I I find myself actually doing it. And and that is really, that was the story of my life at that point, because a few years went by and I was drawn back to Concord. And at that point, um, sort of began this... Um, I, I began to regularly connect with the spirit Henry David Thoreau and going through this channeling process, which was, it was more like automatic writing. And and during that process and the things that happened around it, I, it just finally sunk in. This was real. I mean, there was no way out of it. There was no way I was making it up. And, and through that experience, which was quite amazing and profound, I feel like I grew up. And I just sort of matured into this, and I, I, I wanted to keep it going, and it that required me to apply a certain amount of focus and attention to my abilities that I hadn't done before, and so I got better and better, and and then as the more I allowed myself to be myself, the more solid I became, the more confident I became, and you know now I'm talking to you on the other side of the world, you know about experience in these buildings yeah. um, and things that I would never uh, talk to anybody about yeah. and now talk openly about it to anyone because it's real I mean these all these, these things that people experience um, they're not kooks and you know, they're not people in foil hats or you know like people who believe in UFOs like we're all crazy um, they're out there <laughs> and we're not crazy yeah. uh, so and that changes, to me, that changes everything. It changes the reality. And it, it makes it harder to live a conventional life when you know all the unconventional stuff that's going on around you. Yeah. Well, what was it like for you to know, I, and this might sound sound obvious, but um, what was it like for you to know that there was many more people out there? You know, obviously, I'm, I'm presuming that you, as you're growing up, you, you know, through the ages and through the ages you're probably keeping things to yourself and not really you, know, you probably read books and things like that but to actually know that there was more people out there you know that were that, oh, that it was you, what was that like for you 
the one. You know, that was a great revelation. That was again when I was listening to the early um, Art Bell shows, and they were, you know, having all the guests on, and and it was like, you know, they'd bring on a psychic, and I'd go, oh, "Well, I've had that experience. I know what that is. You know, I, that's me." You know, and little by little, um, just you know, realizing I'm not the only one that, that's having these things, and and you know, that's just, it's wonderful. It's sort of a community built up around on uh, that show, and. And, you know, I, I found my way into it and the, the sort of the new age movement is part of that. And, you know, so I was able to, to learn a lot more. Um, you know, I learned astrology and I, you know, I kind of found ways to continue to validate myself through this stuff because, you know, I finally did. I finally found, found people that were like me and, you know, books that were written about experiences I'd had. And, and there's no way to express how important that was. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, so tell my niece. Sorry. Husband, she, you know, they're very vegan now. And I was vegan back in the 70s. Nobody was vegan then. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was hard. You had to go to the local food co out and try to find brown, brown rice and sprouts. You know, you could find them. Um, and they've got Whole Foods. They've got all these major stores now that are all about natural food. I think you know the world's changed a lot in the last 40 years yeah and I presume you're still vegan now uh, not, not all the time sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so you've written you've written books and can you um, tell the listeners about your books and can you tell them the, the title and where it can be found um, well, you can find information about me and my books on two websites. The, the latest one is The Thorough Whisperer, and it's Henry David Thorough, and the, the name is T-H-O-R-E-A-U. So it is the word The Thorough, T-H-O-R-E-A-U, Whisperer, right, com, And that's my latest website talking about that book. And then prior to that, I did a website called The Conquered Writer. I have a business called The Conquered Writer, and that is thorough. Again, it's Conquered, Massachusetts. It's C-O-N-C-O-R-D. It's the name of the town. So it's theconqueredwriter.com. And my books are on Amazon. They're also on most internet bookstores. I think pretty much all of them. <laughs> you know, all, all Barnes & Noble, all the various bookstores. Um, the Thorough Whisperer is available on an ebook. As well, and then on our first one, I have a website, theconqueredwriter.com, and that has a lot of information on it, and a couple of the essays I've written, and an interview, and various things. So it's all there. Yeah, and before, um, before we kind of um, um, we kind of wrap this up, you you have you've written you've obviously you've obviously written books, and and you've you you've read a lot of books, and do you go out uh, and do do public speaking, or have you got a group that you is, it, is it a group of you? And, um, and is it is your net kind of far and wide, or is it locally? Um, I try to reach out through a lot of like talk shows like this one and reach people that way. I do occasionally do some local book signings and readings and stuff. At this point, I'm kind of just up and coming, and so. Um, it's hard to get gather an audience. I mean, you'd be surprised how, how difficult it can be. Um, so I have kind of leaned more toward these radio shows and doing things like that. I feel like I reach a, a larger audience that way. Um, but I certainly will be doing more and more. And I do have a list of events on the websites talking about where I'm what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but there are two out now, and there'll be more coming. And I was recently I was interviewed. By Ronnie um, LeBlanc for his um, Monsterland books. He has. He's a local writer here, but he was featured on Travel Channel's Expedition Bigfoot, and we had a fun conversation recently. And he ended up writing about it in his book. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. So. Yeah. So, because yeah. I was just wondering as well, because have you found that people reach who have maybe reached out to you? Are they from overseas? Like you say, you 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 you, know, you move us from England, or you know, have you found have a lot of people from overseas? I have on LinkedIn. Um, that's another place people want to connect. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter. 
I do a lot of uh, thorough quoting on Twitter and just try to keep his thoughts out there because he was such a profound and important man um, just for his awareness and just, just having you know, been who he was and, and uh, had such insight. So I try to get his quotes out there all the time. Um, so that's just um, on Twitter. Or you'd find it at Catherine McIntyre or um, by searching the Concord writer. Thanks, and I say thank you for coming on um, and talking okay. about talking about your experiences. And it's been it's been um, it's been very um, it's very very eye-opening and and learning about um, all the things that you've mentioned and and you know growing up, you know how you how you've kind of almost like you know like conquered. You kind of get to an age and you conquer that fear, and then. It's a fear, yeah. of, you know. Conquer your, you say, say in this word, but they say always say conquer your demons and you know, how you conquer your fears and and you've kind of come through now to now where you're kind of you're open to talk and it's funny how we make those changes, you know, when you're young and don't realise and you're quiet, you keep things in and then it's not until some sort of like you say a revelation happens that you you start to open yeah. up and start. To, well, I need to let people know. Like this is happening and it's happening to other people so that's very um it's very you know it's 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 it's, it's been fascinating listening to you thank you i enjoyed um being on your show and i do i i so much appreciate your intention on your show and your your thoughtful appreciation and caring for um for people and their mental states and emotional states and what they go through because you know, I am in a really good spot now, but it, I wasn't always. I mean, this was it was tough. Yeah. And you know, part of just accepting who we are and how we're going to be in the world, and then trying to do what we can. I think one of the most important messages that came through in the the channeling in that was this notion that everything we do has meaning, and that that doesn't just mean what you do to other people. Sometimes it means what you do to yourself, because even what how you treat yourself in the privacy of your own home and whether you're having a good day or a bad day is in an energetic sense, it's affecting everybody. So that we always want to cultivate joy. And I think, you know, Thoreau said things like, he had a quote, simplicity, simplicity, or say simplify, simplify. I like to say create, 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 create. Because whatever it is you're creating, if you're creating anything that fills you with joy, you're filling the world with joy. And that can be anything. You know, you chose choose your mode. You don't have to paint or write. You can just bake. You can, uh, you know, whatever it is you do, you can be the greatest house cleaner. You can be the greatest mechanic. But if you throw your joy into it and you cultivate joy, you're feeding the world joy, not yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So thank you for thank you for coming on. I, you know, I definitely want to speak to you again. I'm very interested. Okay. In, I'm definitely interested in you know. And everything that you've spoke about and I'm sure the listeners will, will definitely want to hear more from you and you know I'm so glad to have you on thank you so much Andy I really appreciate it that was men are nuts speak to you soon bye-bye <laughs>